Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. The Philadelphia CityCast is presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and it has you covered for the NFL season. They are offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups. They are bringing back their reduce the juice promotion on game days, and this NFL season, they have a $1 million beat the spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each and every week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to betrivers.com to bet. This is the Philadelphia City Cast with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Bet Rivers. All right, welcome back. Philadelphia City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. Make sure you are subscribed and following the podcast. All right, like we always say, available on all of your podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Pods, wherever you get and listen to your pods, Philadelphia CityCast. Uh, so join us on this journey. You can also give me a follow on Twitter at WiseRye, W-I-S-E-R-Y-E. You can find uh, links to all of the episodes there, links to uh, all of the podcast platforms there, uh, and everything we have going on. So make sure you give me a follow at WiseRye. And on this episode, uh, excited to welcome John Johnson. John is a on-air host for Sports Radio 94 WIP, a co-worker of mine over at WIP. John is everywhere uh, on the station, okay? He fills in for Angelo on the morning show. He fills in for other voices on the morning show. He, you can find him in the afternoon, uh, overnights, just like me on different nights, uh, later in the evenings. I mean, John is, if you turn on WIP, you have a really good chance 
of catching John hosting a show. Uh, weekdays, weeknights, weekends. Uh, he's all over the place. He covered the 76ers for a long time, the Phillies for a long time. He still has a lot of good, credible, reliable re uh, sources to get information on all of the teams here in the city of Philadelphia. And he's just a great, entertaining listen. Uh, so I'm happy to have John join me on this episode. And on this episode, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the Eagles' loss at the Meadowlands to the Giants, and, and more importantly, get John's thoughts on that, get John's thoughts on Jalen Hurts. Um, and Hurts is a little bit up in the air right now, questionable status on if he's going to play against the Jets this upcoming week. The Eagles are six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Jets. So uh, we'll look back to the Giants, we'll look ahead to the Jets, uh, and we'll talk some 76ers, some Ben Simmons, some Tyrese Maxey, and the Phillies made a move earlier on Wednesday. So we have a lot to get to with John Johnson of WIP. Give John a follow as well, at John Johnson WIP. So, all right, without further ado, enough of my rambling. Here's my conversation with John Johnson. Enjoy. All right, so let's get right into it. Uh, I'm excited to chat it up with, uh, dare I say a friend? Is that a little bit too far? A colleague, a coworker, <laughs> uh, John, thank you, my friend for, for making some time for me. And, uh, you know, let's, let's do what we do best. Complain about the Eagles, the 76ers and everything else going on in our lovely town. How you doing? Yeah, that's, I'm good, man. How you doing? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Doing well. Um, I guess, I mean, the Eagles, I would say they disappointed us, uh, just a just a tad. Uh, this past Sunday, 13 to seven, and I'll give you my opinion on it. And then you can kind of, you know, give me the stink eye, rebuttal it, uh, whatever you want to add to it. So obviously the talk in the lead after that game is going to be Jalen Rager, Regalar, uh, the comparisons, of course, and, you know, rightfully so from a fan perspective, you're going to be pretty upset that you had an opportunity to win a football game against a rival on the road and you blew it. You dropped the ball, but for me, it's all about Jalen Hurts. And just when I started to drink the Kool-Aid, when I started to say, all right, you know what? Maybe you don't trade for a quarterback or do whatever you're going to do to potentially replace Jalen Hurts. He goes out and has a performance like that. Now, do you look at that game and say, man, it's all on Jalen? Or do you say, you know what? Like pump the brakes a little bit. There, there's more to it. And let's give this kid a shot the rest of the season. Well, I mean, when you throw, when you have three interceptions and potentially four, it's impossible just to, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's more than just to know. I mean, he had a horrible game. And because you only have 17 of them and hopefully more beyond that, you, we overanalyze each and every one, right? Because we have almost an entire week to look over it and, and grade it one way or the other. So it was hands down Jalen's worst game as a professional, a young professional. I can't take it with a grain of salt because it's impossible to because I mean he he's growing and as you remarked I did the same thing you did I remember doing a show on WIP before the Giants game saying boy I I thought I knew what the ceiling was for Jalen Hurts he's a middle of the pack game manager who could have a career in the NFL as a quasi starter slash backup mm -hmm. and then the back-to-back -back performances he had made me change my mind say oh my goodness he, he he's shown glimpses of franchise material and then he puts on a clunker like he did with the Giants. Now, it didn't help that the head coach decided he could roll out of bed and beat the Giants and resort back to pass, 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 everything out of the shotgun in the first half, you know, putting so much on Jalen Hurts. The way I look at Hurts right now, 
I, I, I'm, I'm not completely sold, and nobody should be, uh, because there are certain things that I still want to see from him. Like, for example, the, you know, he can't throw short passes. Like, he can't even – he can barely throw intermediate passes. And, I mean, he's a quarterback, so it's great that he's mobile and it's a certain aspect to his game that many do not have that, that can be a pain for defenses. But can I see him hit a guy in stride, whether it's short, intermediate, or a long pass? Every deep, you know, quote, deep pass that he throws, he's not hitting anybody in stride. They have to stop, go back, or leap. Like, there's no hitting a guy in stride. And those are – it's like checking the boxes for a franchise quarterback, and that's a huge box that he hasn't been able to check. No, he, he certainly hasn't. And I don't like, did you see the report right before the Giants game from Ian Rappaport? I don't know if that made a difference, but it was just like horrible timing. It was right before kick, maybe like an hour before kickoff. It was reported, well, Howie Roseman, uh, you know, it's reported that Jalen has an opportunity to win over this Eagles brass here. And, and then he goes out and puts out that type of performance. <laughs> yeah, I know. It stinks to, and we all know with Howie, I mean, they drafted Jalen Hurts to be. Uh, you know, to be a backup for Carson Wentz, an insurance policy, and it rubbed Wentz the wrong way, and it's led us to where we are now, and it's given Jalen Hurts this opportunity, even though the front office and, as important, ownership don't see him as a future franchise quarterback. And yeah, when you put on a performance like that, it's going to leave for doubt, and then you're fast-forwarding to the next game where he may not even play. Yeah, what what are you hearing from that? I mean, I, I just hear he didn't want to talk about it earlier today. Uh, ankle. I didn't realize it was this significant, but none, nonetheless, here we are. Uh, played through it like a warrior, the warrior that he is. Uh, do you think he's? Do you think he's going to play? And do you think he should play? If you're Nick Sirianni, do you? Um, you know, do you rest him regardless, or do you say, you know what? If he says he can give it a go, we're we're going to put him out there. There's so many levels to this. If you look at it on the surface level, if you're Nick Sirianni, if he's healthy, yeah, you start him because you. As a coach, your job is to win games. It's not evaluate players. As the coach, you have one sole purpose. So you put who you believe your best guys are out there, and Jalen Hurts will be one of them. However, what is fascinating about this, uh, Jalen Hurts said, oh, yeah, I'm healthy, I'm ready to go, and he should say that. Where the head coach is kind of ho-hum about it, well, we'll see how it goes. Because the other huge aspect to this is that the front office brought Gardner Minshew in here. He's not. They, they didn't bring him in to be a third stringer. They wanted to get a look at him at some point. You don't bring someone with his, uh, the, the small resume that he has, but the the reputation that he has had uh, in a short stint in the NFL. You don't bring him here just to sit on the bench. You want to get a look at him at some point to see what his potential is for the NFL in the future, whether it's with you or to trade him somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it it would not surprise me if Jalen Hurts is you know nowhere near, if it, like say he's 60-70% if it is not handed down from above to get to have Gardner Minshew start the game so they can get a look at him. And boy, <laughs> they're facing the Jets. And if Gardner Minshew, who is good at very small to intermediate passes, if yep. he puts on a, a decent performance, uh, here comes the quarterback controversy. It's unbelievable. It, it, it's a requirement every year here in, in the city of Philadelphia. And you know that's what would happen. Like, oh, like and, Oh, yeah. I know, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, no. like, and this is what, from a fan perspective, you hate it. You're like, come on, just get, can we have some order here, build mm-hmm. the chemistry and just see what we have. But as you know, from a talk show host perspective, I mean, this is gold. I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. you dream of stuff like this because it's, it's nonstop material to talk about. 
Yeah, it, it's it is gold. I, I've been saying that a lot here every year in Philadelphia. From our standpoint, John, it's like, man, this is it's too easy. They're gift wrapping th this content for us. It's just so much drama nonstop. And you know, if Gardner was going to play, if he is going to play, I should say, he'll light it up. And it's only against the Jets. But then we're going to say, man, look at having a quarterback who can throw from the pocket. Look what that does to the offense and its identity. And if we had someone better, and I just see. We, we all see where that conversation and those conversations are going to go. So great for us. I don't know how great it would be for uh, the quarterback Jalen Hurts, nonetheless. Um, the, the spread in this one, six and a half, John, and I wouldn't touch this. The Eagles are favored it on the road. I know the Jets stink. Um, and the up in the air status of Jalen Hurts impacts it a little bit more for me as well. Uh, but give me your thoughts on this game and with that questionable status, uh, just as best you can. Do the Eagles bounce back here in a big way or are you a little bit shaky? I mean, I thought I knew what to expect against the Giants. I never expected that first half, let alone that 60-minute performance where they still had an opportunity to win it. I, what I honestly, I'm expecting a bounce back, whether it's uh, Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew behind center. I think they will steamroll the Jets. And the reason being, it, it seemed very apparent in the first half against the Giants that they were feeling themselves. They're like, ah, well, we're doing really well right now, but here we go with a bottom feeder like the Giants who are in complete disarray. They fired their offensive coordinator. They have very little time to get a game plan together, and we're just going to roll out of bed and we'll beat them. And they got pants. So I, I think as a result, um, they will be far more prepared uh, for this coming week than they were the previous. It's, uh, no, I'm expecting them to win, but it's the Jets, so what am I supposed to get out of it? Yeah, not much. We're, we're just kicking the can down the road a little bit. Washington, they they sort of came out of nowhere here. Five and six. Um, I, I was a fan of Washington. I mean, I'm not a fan, but I liked their uh, potential to win this division before the season started. Had a rocky start, uh, but now they're five and six, and they seem like they're well within reach maybe of chasing down Dallas. When I say well within reach, more than the Eagles at the moment, uh, certainly competing for that seventh wild card spot. So just talk about now um, Washington into the mix here, and the Eagles still have to play them twice coming up. Yeah, it's. I mean, the schedule makers, it's incredible how when in, when the schedule comes out each season, you look at it and you're like, well, I don't really understand this or why they did this. But lo and behold, it always pans out that late in the season, especially in the NFC East, all these games have such – uh, important meaning mm -hmm. and the fact that the Eagles have to face Washington again and for some reason Dallas they, you know the, the Washington football team is always their Achilles heel and with, you know, when you get those divisional opponents you build your team around your division so it's they're often going to be you know knock them down drag it out winner won't be decided until the final possession or two of a game it is like the NFL overall or I'll go with the NFC just when you think you know who the dominant team is, who the team is to beat, they, they put on a clunker. And they lose to a team they, they there's no way in the world they should lose to. So uh, this is why the, the playoff conversation is always going to continue with the Eagles and with Washington because there, there are so many mediocre you know, bo and below 500 teams who are right in the thick of a, of a wild card, uh, you know, wild card chance. So even though the Eagles lost last week and it feels like the sky is falling, you win back-to-back -back games, and suddenly you're talking wild card again. 
it's uh it's nuts the parody in the nfl this year in particular from top to bottom like you said john there's no team that you say yep man they're head and shoulders above above the rest we, we know who's at the top but it's just been i would say 90 percent, like 30 teams outside of uh, the one or two bottom feeders and the one or two at the top, it is literally completely up for grabs. It feels like everyone in the NFL right now has five wins. Maybe hey, you know what? You know what? Though? It's actually a good thing because normally, I, I mean, for so many years in the past, there are teams like that. But then there's the two to three teams you know are going to be in at least a divisional round. And one of those three will no doubt be in the Super Bowl. Right now, you have no idea. Just no. when you, I mean, you see the Rams load up on talent. You see Aaron Rodgers and the whole COVID thing. You're like, all right, well, they're gonna they're gonna falter at some point. They have a clunker or two, but like, I, there is no team I can say right now definitively. Oh yeah, that's the team in the NFC Championship or the AFC Championship. And because of that, it makes it more entertaining as a fan. Yeah, it really does. And we'll we'll see what the Eagles do against the Jets. Uh, talking with John Johnson. Uh, from 94 uh, WIP in Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio here. My colleague, co-worker, you can find John uh, all over WIP, and he'll let you know where you can find him here in just a few minutes towards the end of our conversation. I want to talk some 76ers here with you, John. And at the time of recording, we're about 45 minutes from tip-off. Uh, 76ers Celtics on Wednesday night. Celtics the slight two-and-a-half-point favorite, but... Sixers skate by against the Orlando Magic on Monday night. That was a close one. They get the win. Joel Embiid finally comes back. That was his second game back. Uh, that double overtime game on Saturday was nuts, by the way. But uh, your thoughts on this 76ers team who still has the Ben Simmons story lingering over their heads. They were without Joel Embiid for quite some time. Tobias Harris. I mean, just it feels like the entire team, the entire rotation at one point already here has missed time. Um, just mm -hmm. been just been mediocre so far, and some valid reasons as to why that's been the case. But your thoughts on the basketball team here in town? Yeah, I mean it's it's early December, so it, it's hard, you know, to look at it as a whole and say this is what they are definitively the rest of the season because there's so much more to go. But to this point, they are pedestrian. I mean, that's really what yeah. they have been, and, and there are many factors. Yeah, as you mentioned. They, you know, just COVID ran through that locker room. Key players missed significant time, injuries to certain players, and you know the recoveries and the returns. They're playing limited minutes. They're not looking the same. They got to get back into game shape and uh, build up that endurance again. But they are the roster wasn't good enough prior to the whole Ben Simmons thing, and it's not going to be good enough without him there either. You know, but what bothers me the most is that they are playing down to their opponents. Uh, and when they do that, like they did with Orlando, the worst team in the East, worst road record in the NBA, it's embarrassing. You, you win the game, you know, they won the game, whoop de doo You're supposed to win games like that, and you should be doing it convincingly. And um, they're, not, they're not cohesive right now. When Embiid's in there, they rely far too much on, on him, and Embiid still has his faults because he has to be the guy. Because Tobias Harris is helpful, but he's far overpaid for what he's really supposed to be. And after that, you're looking at a bunch of role players who are streaky. And when they're, when they're in a cold streak, I mean, it once again falls all on Joel Embiid. And when, you, when you're sitting there with $143, $147 million invested into a player who doesn't want to play for you and you're going to have to trade him at some point, the question is when's that going to be? Because until that happens, you can't really do – there's no wiggle room to improve the roster. So you're looking at a team – with a season ahead that seems like it's going to be purgatory. 
Yeah, it really does. I mean, they, they, they started out, what, eight and three, right, John? Mm -hmm. First in the East and only 11 games into the season. But still, I think you, you possibly saw a glimpse of their ceiling and their full potential, even without Ben Simmons. I think we all love Tyrese Maxey right now. He has been getting better, it seems, by the second. And uh, just just a Philly guy, as we like to say. He plays hard. He, uh, he he does all the little things. He's willing to learn and grow, and just he shoots the three, pick and roll, just everything. Uh, I'm a big fan of him, but that still doesn't eliminate what's lingering over their heads. I, I, I guess what I'm getting at is what is this team's real ceiling? Uh, and we still have to address the elephant in the room here, but Daryl mm -hmm. Morey seems fine not addressing it, just leaving the elephant in the corner and uh, making sure it gets fed three times a day and whatever. It, it, it's nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and as you point out, I didn't mention Tyrese Max and he's been a nice bright spot going from a rookie season to what looks like a fifth year pro with, with, you know, he, barely ever turns the ball over, which is so rare for a player of his age and experience and not afraid, which is great. But as you mentioned, Ben Simmons, the, this is where it's tough. I, I, ben Simmons screwed them. Yes. But I also take issue with Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey took this job, took a, you know, it, it asked for a lot of money. When you come into a situation like this, you're supposed to have knowledge of the situation. And the whole Ben Simmons thing has been going on for years. Oh, when's he going to unlock it? Is it going to get better? And it, we always wait and wait and wait. Daryl Morey isn't brand new at his job or at his position. He's been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. So when you come into that and we hear all those rumors of last year's trade deadline of potential James Harden, and if it wasn't Harden, it was somebody else, I, I look back on it and say, I don't understand why Morey didn't pull the trigger back then. Because now he's worth nothing. Yeah. You're 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 getting you're getting you know ham and eggers at best for him. You're getting expiring contracts for. I mean, look at the attitude this guy has. Who is welcoming welcoming him with open arms? They're going to take a chance on him, but I, the guys you're going to get aren't going to provide much for you. The hope is to be able to flip them into something else. And Daryl Morey does not want his name attached to a losing trade. So ego plays a big factor here. A, a huge factor. I think you hit the nail on the head. And, and another factor besides the ego uh, is, do you agree or disagree with this, that the entire sports world is watching and at the very least NBA front offices and ownership around the league, like they are looking at this situation and, you know, sort of indirectly saying without saying it to Daryl Morey, you could redirect the precedent here. And is that maybe, I'm not making excuses for Daryl Morey, is that weighing on him a little bit more? And is that factoring into, man, I, I just can't just give in to this kid. And that could really impact how we do things as a league moving mm -hmm. forward. No, you're right. It does. Because for the first time in, uh, since this ownership group purchased the Sixers, the league is on their side. That they want to support what they're doing here and not bending to the will of Ben Simmons and the Sixers mm -hmm. fighting you know, not to pay him because of the whole mental health thing, which I know is a very touchy subject. But when he's unwilling to, hand, you know, to uh, give information as to who he's speaking to, just so the team has knowledge, you know, it all sounds fishy when you look at the timeline timeline of it all. Uh, so I, I know the league is fully supportive of the Sixers not to just cave to him because of the precedent, as you mentioned, it sets because you get other players down the road with multiple years left in their deal pulling the same thing. It is uh, I. Having said that, though, I mean, you are employed by one organization. And if your goal is to put them in the best position to win, 
having Simmons just sit there, his value will not change. Uh, and not being able to add players to this roster, it's not helping them right now. And I don't know, you know, you wait a year, you wait two years, it, it makes no difference. The team is hamstrung, with, you know, financially. Uh, speaking of adding talent, uh, below average segue there, the Philadelphia Phillies, they add uh, a right-handed reliever. They add Kniebel to to the organization here, John. And finally, <laughs> all right, we weren't sure if they were you know, alive, if they were sleeping, but the Phillies have done something. Um, I don't know. N- nice move. One-year contract, $10 million, and he, he may even end up being the closer. We'll, we'll see what happens the rest of this offseason. But uh, give us your thoughts, John. Yeah, I mean, hours before the you know, owners locking out the players. Yeah, I mean, uh, Corey Knable, he's a nice addition. I mean, it's a one-year, ten. I think it's it's reported ten million dollars, but it's a one-year contract either way. And I, I, it's a good signing, but I don't know what it means for them necessarily because he, Corey Knable, uh, although incredibly talented uh, and can be a late innings guy or a closer. He's not a predominantly – he's not meant to be a closer full-time. It's a kind of a, hey, if we need one here and there. So it seems like a fallback plan for closer. The thing that kind of will worry me a little bit uh, if they don't add anybody else to the pen of significance, Corey Knable's been hurt. I mean, he missed an entire season with Tommy Johns. He had, a, I think it was a, a lat issue the following season, missed a ton of time, and even last year missed some time. So you, he's always dealing with some type of ailment. So you're not, he's not as reliable as you, 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 see, you see the name and say, oh, my God, look at, you know, I look at the stat line. This, this guy's incredible to have to your bullpen. Well, that's if he's available. So the whole finances of the, of the Phillies and their willingness or lack thereof to go into that luxury tax is going to play such a big factor there. Uh, John, last question here. So 76ers to win the Eastern Conference at Bet Rivers is 8-1. to one. Uh, and then we have the Eagles to win the NFC East at 13 to one. And I guess what I'm asking you is you know, really w- which team's in the better situation right now in oh. your mind, but I- I'm throwing it, throwing in the betting angle, you know, do, do you have more faith in the 76ers coming out of the Eastern conference or do you have more faith in the Eagles winning the division? Both uh, don't seem very likely right now. No, I mean, I, as much as we like to make fun of the Cowboys when they lose, they are, they're, you know, they are the best team in the division. And even if they end up not being that, I can't see the Eagles. Uh, I, I just, I can't see them winning the division, even though you know, we did, it's the same thing we did with the Phillies last season. Oh, look at the schedule. It's, it's a bunch of snowballs. They're going to run the table and win 11, 12 games. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So because of that, I'll go with the Sixers because the NBA guys get hurt. Guys, uh, you know, they refuse to play at times. They have a uh, load management. So God, the lesser of two evils there. I'll go with the Sixers. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's probably what I would lean with too. Um, really putting you in a the corner there. I, I don't suggest ba- <laughs> making a bet on either of those items. No, for please don't. Listeners. Yeah, don't do it. Save your money or lose it on something else. Either way. Right. Uh, John, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Before I let you go, just uh, let the listeners know where they can find you on Twitter and, and anything else uh, you, you want to mention. Yeah, uh, on Twitter, it's at John Johnson, WIP, J-O-N Johnson, WIP. Um, I still, uh, though I don't cover the Sixers full-time anymore, the Phillies, I still have a lot of inside information that I'll post from time to time when it crosses my path. And I'm on WIP, well, I'm, 
you know, as you know, I'm around the clock on WIP, whether it's the morning show or afternoons or evenings or late nights. So, uh, you know, if they're interested, uh, I, I usually post everything uh, on my Twitter page. There you go. John Johnson, Sports Radio 94 WIP, kind enough to spend a few minutes with me here. Just uh, talking some 76ers, Eagles, some Phils, what we do best in the city of Philadelphia. John, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. No problem. I'll talk to you. Uh, there he is. There he was. John Johnson of WIP. Uh, and like he said, give him a follow at John Johnson WIP. I uh, really appreciate John making a few minutes of his time to join us and have some fun talking uh, all the biggest storylines and, and topics here in the city of Philadelphia that's going on right now. Uh, if you're not already, make sure you're subscribed and following the Philadelphia CityCast. And just a little bit of housekeeping items here. Uh, it looks like I will be having another guest, Marcus Hayes of the Philadelphia Inquirer. He'll be joining me on the next episode uh, to talk more Eagles. He had a couple really interesting articles out this week on the Eagles, talk some 76ers with him. Uh, and then we will be doing another crossover with Will Hill, the host of the New York City podcast, uh, New York City cast, I should say. Um, we did a crossover with Will last week, and we'll do it again this week as the Eagles will be taking on the Jets. So a busy week, a lot more still ahead here on the Philadelphia CityCast, so make sure you're joining us for every step of the way. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with John Johnson. Uh, have a great rest of your day, your night, and I'll catch you on the next episode right here on the Philadelphia CityCast presented by Bet Rivers with me, Ryan Rothstein. Peace. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.
Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you.